Welcome to the Life with Five podcast, where we get real about marriage and parenting. Our heart is to help you discover hope and healing by infusing faith into your family. Here are your hosts, Ray and Carol Hintz. Hi, and welcome to the Life with Five podcast. In today's episode, we're going to talk about what to do when you're butting heads with your kids, when you're just constantly at odds with them. Why is that? How do we deal with it? How do we move forward? Are we failures as parents? Because this is happening. (laughs) Yeah, maybe it seems like your kids are purposely refusing to listen to you (laughs) out of sheer stubbornness. Or maybe they went from wanting to be with you nonstop, which I have a couple of those, to never wanting to be seen with you in public because the very thought of that is repulsive to them. Yeah, the audacity, like they make you drop them off two blocks away way because it can't be seen with mom or dad. I think it's more dad than mom, right? Well, maybe it's not that bad. Maybe it's worse for you. I don't know. But I remember one story uh, just growing up with, you know, talking about like being at odds with our parents. Uh, It was actually, I was thrown down with my mom, all right? And so if you knew my mom, she was very feisty and fiery, like get her in the right vein, the right venue, and she could throw down with the best of them. Uh And one day she just had enough or whatever I was doing. I don't even remember what the argument was about. I'm sure I deserved it. I'm sure I did. Oh, but sure. she she just had enough and she's like, you get out of here. And my parents were divorced. So she just literally took all my stuff. I grabbed a few things, but she took most of the other stuff. She just threw it out on the porch. <laughs> she closed the door. Like no compassion, like no like coming back. I'm like, wait, maybe she'll, no, none of that happened. So I'm out on the curb waiting for my dad to pick me. I still remember to this day. I love it. <laughs> well, I've always been pretty non-confrontational, so I don't have a lot of memories of arguments with my parents, but I do have one vivid memory from when I was probably like three or four years old. We lived in this really old house with a weird layout and had this like narrow steep staircase. I went upstairs to my bedroom off the kitchen. And I remember my mom sending me to my room and I stomped up this staircase. (laughs) And when I got to the top, I turned around with my hands on my hips and said, I don't like you very much right now. And my mom, being the amazing mom that she is, she <laughs> said right back, well, I don't like you very much right now either. Way to so, go, Cindy. Yes. Yeah, if you're listening to that, <laughs> great job there. Great reply. I think we've all probably been there. Yes. But there's always, always been just a battle between parents mm-hmm. and you know adolescents or kids in general. And one of the main issues I think we just have to come to realize is we have different agendas, right? Yeah. Our agenda as a parent probably, hopefully, is better <laughs> than the agenda a child has, right? Um, and when we have those different agendas, we're going to butt heads at times. Yeah, because like Ray said, there's just a huge difference, you know, when we're older and have a few years behind us and have some perspective. The things that we want for our kids certainly are not the things that they want in the moment. Like my kids are pretty convinced that life would be amazing if they could just live on Dr. Pepper and Takis (laughs) or Hot Cheetos or whatever it is at the moment. But I would like them to mix in a fruit or vegetable every now and again. I think that's, you know, not too much to ask. Reasonable. Right? And, you know, when we want our kids to clean their room, they're just really concerned about getting back on the Xbox or their tablets or their phones or all the things. (laughs) And this is an entire different episode, but can we just 
realize the difference between a child's clean and a oh. parent's clean. Like apparently they think yes. if they just shove everything under the bed and in the closet and it like falls out when you open it up, that that's acceptable. Right. And maybe your kids are a lot more well behaved than ours are, but ours, we have to like be specific about yes. what parts of their room they have to clean. <laughs> if we just say clean their room, apparently that leaves out under the bed and in the closet. Yeah, you didn't say that. Like, or as on if that's their not desk. Anyway, that's, we, we digress. <laughs> but lest you think that we as parents always take the moral high road, right. always want the best for our children. We are saints, little halos over our head. Um, can we just also admit that there are times we want our kids to stop talking and go away? Like, can you just <laughs> give me a break for a moment? We want right. to sit down. We want to relax. We want to watch Netflix, eat some snacks. And they want to do like a family night and play games and things that would yes. be really beneficial to our family. But I don't always want that. Right? <laughs> so that's kind of where we're at. We get caught in the argument of agendas. And this is one of those episodes where we definitely do not have it all figured out. Uh, <laughs> that's maybe know. an understatement. Right? Our kids are amazing, but we still go at it from time to time. So we want to share some things that have helped more recently. Yeah. And the first one being, we want to be engaged but not overbearing. You know, as our kids grow older, they tend to want to venture out and, you know, test the waters and find some freedom. That doesn't mean they don't want or need structure and care. Right, right. yeah. Structure is actually something that's very underrated because I think every kid fights against structure, mm -hmm. but also needs structure, right? And yeah. of course, that structure expands as they get older or maybe more mature is a better way of saying it, not just because you can be older and not mature. So sometimes you have to really factor in who that kid is, but they need structure. They need boundaries and boundaries really show them that we love them and we yeah. care about them. I'm not talking about like being overbearing, right? But being engaged, making sure that we know what's going on in their life, making sure like they're turning in their homework, right? Like yeah. just not saying, well, you know, just you take care of it all. And also not on the other side, we're like, why did you miss this assignment? Why is this a day late? And always assuming that there's some like crazy agenda that, you know, evil and nefarious out there that they have. So we want to make sure to have that balance because overbearing parents, they'll do the opposite and they create situations where it constantly is putting pressure on our kids. We don't want that. Yeah. For example, it's not your your child's responsibility to be your best friend. They are your kid. It's not their job to fulfill you in life. Imagine the kind of pressure that that puts on them when we try to live vicariously through our kids. It's just not a healthy situation. Yeah, I mean, as a pastor, we've been a part of quite a few weddings and there's, you know, bridezillas out there, but can we just talk about momzilla for a moment? Like <laughs> some of you moms out there, like this is your kid's day, not your day. I know it's meaningful. I know it's important to you. I know you probably even paid for a lot of it, yeah. but that doesn't <laughs> entitle you to like act like a diva that day. It, it just doesn't. And so I feel like so often I'm like refereeing moms and like their daughters. Oftentimes it seems like that's a lot of times the case. And so, but dads, by the way, you don't have to be like a jerk either. You don't have to be right. like out there telling everybody, well, I paid for that. Like, don't do that. Be the mature person in the relationship. Yeah. And again, engagement looks different depending on the age of your child, but it's 
just as valuable no matter what their age is. And what's hard for us as parents is trying to navigate that transition to greater levels of trust with our kids. When we think about being in a parking lot with our kids, when they're little, when they're babies or even toddlers, we might have to pick them up and carry them into the store and not let them wander the parking lot by themselves. As they get older, um, maybe preschool age, you hold their hand instead of carrying them and guide them into the store with you. Um, They get a little bit older and maybe you don't hold their hand, but you're still keeping a really close eye on them, making sure they're with you and that they're watching for cars. But eventually they're going to get to the age where they don't need your assistance. They can walk on their own from the car to the store. And then even beyond that, they can help others to walk as well. And that's really the goal, right? We're trying to raise these children who will become mature adults yeah. and you know be able to help others to think beyond themselves. And I love that illustration that Carol just shared. But kids, listen, in this illustration, think about it this way. Kids will constantly want to pull their hand away. They're right. going to often think they're ready before they ever are, right? And your job as a parent is to figure out when is the right time to let go? And remember what's best for your child because maybe you're frustrated in the season and you just want to let go. Like, just go do your thing. Like, I'm just giving up. Like, that's not healthy and good either. Or maybe you have a fear so you try to hold on too long when they're really ready to go. And so you you don't want to do that and keep them from what God has for their life. But you won't always nail this. There are going to be times when you let go too soon and you're going to have to take back some of that uh, control maybe to keep them safe. But it can be hard to do, but it is a necessary part of the process. Definitely. And lastly, a note to us as parents, this all sounds fine and good, but it's hard when you see your child, (laughs) no matter their age, you see them as your baby. It's just, you know, one of the unique parts about being a parent. You picture them all snuggled up in your arms and so sweet, but... (laughs) I think moms do this a little. I mean, I do. Probably, I have my moments. But. Probably. But just remember that you don't have to be overbearing to stay engaged with your kids. This will help alleviate some friction in that relationship. Yeah. And then the second part that you can do, the second thing you can do is take time to listen. What are your kids really trying to say? Yeah. By the way, You don't just listen through the words they say. That is often (laughs) how you listen. But I know sometimes for our kids, like maybe we're the only ones, you can let us know in the comments. If (laughs) like maybe you have kids, all you get out of them is like a, huh, what, uh, Like it's just noises and grunts and especially out of the older ones. And the other side of it is not every child is able to articulate what they feel. So you're going to have to read beyond that because they can't fully even understand what they're going through. And the question we want to think about mom and dad is when they do share, do they feel heard? When they're acting out, do they feel like they're seen? And that doesn't mean that you need to always acquiesce, give in to all of the things that they ask for, but it does need you, mean you need to pay attention, validate them, not necessarily agree with them on everything they say, mm-hmm. but validate them so they know that they're seen and heard. Yeah. And when we do talk to our kids, are we truly listening to learn and to help Mm. them navigate the situation? Are we just trying to push our agenda and (laughs) tell them what to do so that we don't have to deal with it anymore? We get them off our back or whatever the case might be. But the bonus of listening well, really listening to understand them makes them feel loved and it'll make them more likely to share with you too, even deeper issues that they're struggling with. 
Yeah, and I think one more thing to that is that they become more productive, more capable in the future. So they don't have to come back to you for everything, right? Like they move into that place of maturity. Now, every child is different. And, you know, as you're listening to this, you need to pay attention, like I said, not only to spoken messages, but also to their behavior, because often the behavior is what speaks Mm. the loudest. And that's why you want to pay attention to any radical shifts. You want to talk about some of those shifts that you might want to keep an eye out and pay attention to. Yeah. If they suddenly start struggling in school, if their grades are suffering and that hasn't been an issue for them before, and they become antisocial, they're not wanting to hang out with their friends or um, do the things that they normally do. Are they sleeping during the day? Now for some kids, that might be a normal thing. They might come home and take a nap. They need a little more sleep, but if it's not a normal thing for them, pay attention to that. Or if they have a super quick trigger, like a quick fuse and everything seems to set them off, those are indicators that something else might be going on. Yeah, and I would say it's not even about always finding out what is happening and Mm -hmm. and seeing that. That's just the symptom. That's just your tip off. You're looking for that. But what you really want to discover is why is that happening? Why are they acting that way? Why do they feel that way? You know, what's changed? Maybe something happened at school. Maybe somebody said something. Maybe they just, you know, became aware of something. Maybe they're on Instagram and something. You want to figure that out, not as like a private investigator where you're like, I got (laughs) to investigate this and find out what the problem is so I can come and save you and solve all of this. That's not the issue. What you want to do is so you can have a conversation with them and help them learn how to navigate through those feelings and through those struggles they might be having. Yeah. We don't want to interrogate them either. We want to really make sure that we approach it from a place of love and listening and wanting to learn and help them. So the bottom line is if you provide a safe place for them to share and you really take the time to listen and love and care for them, you're going to go a lot further in the long run because it's a marathon, right? It's not a sprint. We're in it for the long haul with our kids. Even after they leave our homes, you know, we're still there for them. (laughs) So we don't want to burn those bridges before we get there. Absolutely. So the third thing that you can do is if you're constantly butting heads, and this again, is not an exhaustive list, but is focus on the principles, not just the practices. And I feel like this is where a lot of parents get hung up. They're like, but you're doing this, Mm. but why are they doing that? So when you talk about the principles and how to move forward, you're not just helping helping them remedy the situation like we just talked about, but you're really helping them understand why there maybe needs to be a change of behavior or attitude or whatever it might be. Yeah. And when we have different agendas, it can seem like it's impossible to find a road forward. But if you work at it, you can find some common ground to build upon. And one of the reasons common ground can be so hard is because we're focused on those practices over the principles. But if we really focus on the why instead, that's going to get us a lot farther. Yeah. I've mentioned in this show before, (laughs) confession time again, We'll have a weekly confession time with Ray. Um, <laughs> that I have a control problem, all right? And I'm, I'm trying to constantly let that go and let God help me with that. But it comes to a head sometimes with my kids. And so, you know, maybe they're doing something that I wish that they would be doing differently or doing something else or, you know, just doing it my way because my way is, you know, the best way, right? It's Ray's way and that's got to be the best way, right? <laughs> um, but maybe they're not like cleaning their room like we we're talking about the way that I would like them to. And so mm-hmm. I freak out or maybe they're just sitting at the table one day and they are smacking because they don't close their mouth and they're chewing too loudly and I lose it because <laughs> I just heard it so many times. 
you can tell this is a real life situation, all right? right. Um, or maybe I'm just, you know, I don't like the way they dress, not necessarily because it's inappropriate or wrong. I'm just like, I don't get it. And so right. I gripe and I nag them. And listen, no one likes to be nagged. Just write that down. That's your quote of the week. No one likes <laughs> to be nagged. I don't care who you are. And so when you nag people, you might get what you want in the immediate, but what happens is eventually they tune you out and you yeah. lose them. And you got to remember this. When you constantly fight over practices, you won't have the opportunity to instill the right principles. Remember that. Well, the next thing we want to talk about is that we need to give away authority, not just give away tasks. And this is a great leadership principle, but it's very applicable when it comes to our kids as well, because the ultimate goal, remember, is to prepare them for adulthood. So they're not just behaving well in our home, but they're ready when they leave our home to function and to be amazing adults. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think there's steps along the way, right? Sure. Obviously, when they're young, your primary job is to keep them safe and make yes. sure they're growing. But you do want to move them because I think we were youth pastors for so long and we saw so many kids that they obeyed their parents. They were like great at obeying and doing everything they were told. <laughs> but then they got out into the world and they like didn't know how to make decisions. They right. didn't know. They didn't understand the principles. They just understood all the practices. And so their parents had never given them any authority. They just always told them what to do. And as long as they they did what they were told. They were fine. Well, now they live in a real world where mom, dad, you're not there to tell me what to do. Now, what do I do? Right. And when we give away authority to our kids, we give them permission to learn to think for themselves. And like Ray said, it's age appropriate, but at some point we want our kids to be able to reason and to come make good decisions. And part of giving away authority is letting our kids fail because <laughs> yeah. they need to learn how to deal with hurt and disappointment and make mistakes without being afraid of failing because they know that failure is going to produce growth in them. It's just part of the process. And of course, there's going to be consequences to pain, but without those consequences, there is no growth. And Psalm 73, 26 says, my heart and my flesh may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So failure can actually be a character building thing when it's in the right setting. Yeah, and I know for them it's scary to fail, but let's be honest, for us as parents, it's yeah. sometimes scary to let them fail. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know that I would call this next story like complete failure. It wasn't complete failure. <laughs> um, but a while ago, one of our kids, he joined the worship team and he helps to lead. And so they were out there in those that first time in their youth group, they were it's just all students. So there's no yeah. adults <laughs> helping this helping them in the process. Most of them are pretty new as musicians and they practice and practice and practice and practice. So they get ready for this worship set and they did it and it was fantastic you know yeah. not perfect but fantastic yeah. and you know the first couple times they were just so into it and they're doing so well well they got to a point where they just kind of think in their minds thought they were okay like <laughs> we'll, we'll be we'll be good we, we've done this before we got this right and yeah. like they were maybe coasting a little bit not putting in the time and the practice well, you can probably guess what happened. It didn't go quite as well. And a few of them had a really difficult time with it, but it was a great opportunity to let our son fail, not in a way that's going to devastate or destroy him, but let him learn a lesson that like, hey, this takes real work and you got to stay on it. You haven't arrived. And so that's right. a useful lesson that we had out of that opportunity for him to fail. Yeah, definitely. And Ray tends to give away authority a little more easily <laughs> than I do, especially with our kids. Uh, he'll be like, yeah, you're seven, but sure, you can go away to camp for a week. No big deal. Have fun. <laughs> 
or, you know, he'd be like, let's go out on a date night and leave the kids at home. And he wouldn't worry about it at all, but I would be worrying the whole time. Bye guys. (laughs) So it's been kind of baby steps for us with that. Maybe at first we do go out, but it's to a restaurant that's close by. So if they need something, we can get home quickly. And we've kind of stair-stepped on that, but it's also been cool to see our kids step up. We had an incident recently where we were at our son's football game. We were headed there and we get a call from our oldest who is home with our other three kids. And our daughter, she's nine and she was making mac and cheese for dinner, but she spilled some boiling water down her arm and her side and was in a lot of pain. And he called us and he, you know, wanted to know what to do. So we turn around quickly and we're headed home. But in the meantime, he Googles it and finds out what you do for when you spill boiling water on yourselves. And he got her in a cool bath and took care of her until we could get here and get her to the doctor. And it was really amazing to see him step up calmly and rationally and make quick decisions, make the right decisions and get her the help that she needed. Yeah. And I I think that's probably what blew me away. Like when he called, he was actually almost so calm that I didn't really understand the severity of what was probably happening right there. So (laughs) you want to give those opportunities for your kids. Of course, know what your child can handle. You know your kid very well. Let them fail, but let them try to fail forward, all right? So it can actually be a learning lesson. It's not necessarily something that's devastating to be fearful or afraid of. And and let's be honest, we as adults, we can be afraid to fail as well. So we got to model this for them. But don't let them get into dangerous places. You just want to give away enough authority. Still be responsible and wise though. So we're going to give you some tips here that might help you with some of the friction that you're facing. Maybe you've been butting heads for a while and you're like, what do I do? Are there any really practical tips? Yes, we're going to give those to you, but we want to hear from you. So make sure to leave a comment with some of the things that you're going through. Tag us on Instagram, Life with Five Podcast. We would love to hear your stories. Yes, but... Tip number one, we want you to set up a time to talk and listen to your kids on a consistent basis. And we did a whole episode about dinner time discussions recently, so you can check that out. But just make it a regular part of your family life and routine to have times to sit down and talk to your kids. Yeah, and then another tip is practice the art of listening. Uh, This is something that would be really good for me. Um, (laughs) But maybe when you are talking to them, you only ask questions and you don't allow yourself to speak into or beyond that for a certain amount of time. Maybe you say for 10 minutes, I'm not going to like offer solutions or answers. Mm. I'm just going to listen to them. And it's crazy how much you can learn in just a few minutes if you're really willing to have a posture of listening. Yeah. And be inquisitive. Ask your kids why they think you're having issues getting along with each other. They might not always know, but it's still a good opportunity to see things from their point of view and learn from them because you can learn a ton by just listening. Yeah. And then pray for them. You can never underestimate the power of prayer. One of the things I heard somebody said that I love was that prayer isn't the only thing we do, but it's Mm. the first thing we do. And we want to make sure we're constantly praying for them, pray with them, bring God into the equation and ask him for wisdom. When you're there with him, God, give us wisdom to help us to know what to do in this situation. I pray that with my kids often. He wants to know, he wants them to know that he's there to help them. Yeah. And lastly, know that you can't completely eliminate friction and have a healthy relationship with your child. It's just not possible. So don't be discouraged (laughs) when you do face it. Um, Just take a breath and, and find ways to move forward. It's really as simple as that. Yeah. And then we want to also give you some action steps, just a couple real practical things. Again, you can 
do, do something fun to connect with the kid. If you're constantly at odds, try and find something you can do where there's not going to be like all that tension and friction yeah. there. Maybe you can just go have fun, have a breather, take some time off. Like you don't have to solve all the problems <laughs> today. Just put it on the calendar and look forward to it. Yes. And the second thing, write a letter to your mm. child. And this can be so cool. And Write them a letter that expresses your heart for them, the dreams that you have for them, the see the things that you see that God has placed inside of them and call those out, what you love about them. Just not the things that they do, the things right. that they're good at, but who they are, the character treats traits that you see in them um, that you want to just encourage and let them know that you see them, that they're there um, and let them see that you really care about them. Yeah, I, I love writing those letters. I've done that a couple of times with our kids. And, um, you know, I think of a couple of just saying, hey, I think this is what God has for you. Or like the other day, our son, um, he was trying out for the basketball team. He made the first cut, but then he didn't make the second cut. And so even before that, I just told him like, hey, bud, I love you no matter what happened. So yeah. proud of you for trying and putting yourself out there. Mm -hmm. And so when I he got in the car later that day, I was like, did you see the letter? And he's like, yes, I saw the letter. He had a big <laughs> smile on his face, even though he just got cut from the basketball team yeah. kind of just helps to soften that blow let them know that you see them you care about them and what they're going through and what they're yeah. feeling and that they're loved it's so so powerful mm -hmm. but we want to say thank you so much for spending some time with us today if you've been enjoying this episode or maybe you've been hanging out with us for a little while now would you do us a huge favor just rate the show leave a review it helps us to get the word out so more people can help experience the hope and the healing that Jesus has for them helps us to help infuse faith into marriages and family. But no, you're not alone out there, mom, dad. We're with you. We're praying for you. God's got something great for you and for your kids. But we can't wait to see you guys next time.